If you have your Bibles, open with me to the book of Acts, chapter 27. And I want to read one verse, but we're going we're gonna to be looking at uh, most of that chapter. But Luke, or Acts chapter 27 and verse number 41. Always good to have you, Sister Susan. Amen. Thank you for letting us have Sarah and Landon over here. I know you'd rather have them there, but I'm glad they're here. They had a great shower yesterday. Thank you, church, for your great love to them. And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground and the four parts stuck fast and remained unmovable, but the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. I want to draw your attention to the very first part of verse 41. And the scripture says, And falling into a place where two seas met. And for a few moments this morning, I want to talk to you about living in troubled waters. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> the Costa Concordia was the flagship of the Costa Cruise Lines based out of Italy. It had gone on its weekly jaunt for a long, long time. It had a certain route that was plugged in, programmed in when it left the port in Italy and made its way through the Mediterranean Sea. But on this occasion, <clears throat> it did not reach its final destination. Many of you saw it on the news and you have seen the pictures of it in time since then of that great ocean vessel laying over on its side. The loss of lives is still unaccounted for. There are numbers that are still missing. They have actually at this time refloated it and moved it away. But on that occasion, it was indeed a tragedy. According to the cruise line, the accident happened because someone put in an unauthorized deviation from the ship's programmed course. And the only one that could have done that was the sea captain. And so a great deal of responsibility has fallen on his shoulders. But that slight deviation caused this beautiful vessel to hit a reef and go down in familiar waters. The collision with that reef ripped a 160-foot gash in the side of the boat. It is recorded by those who survived that when they hit the reef, there was a loud bang. But they were reassured over the intercom that it was nothing more than an electrical failure. And it was a solid hour 
before measures were taken to try to save people. Much like a lot of folks in life, we live in denial that we really are in troubled waters. We think as perhaps this captain thought that he was so familiar with the water that he could deviate from the path. Some say that he was showboating, that he had actually on previous occasions brought that vessel close to one particular island so that he could show off to the cruise people and to those on the island his skill as a captain. And on this particular occasion, he just got a little too close. And because he underestimated the exact location of where he was, and it's very easy to do on open waters when you ignore the charts. When you close the book and you say, I don't need the Bible. I'm smart. I've got a Ph.D. or a whatever else degree. I, I, I'm, I'm educated. I, that's an old book. It's out of date. I don't know how it could relate to me in 2014, but I have come to learn that this Word is eternal. This Word, the Bible said, is going to be the only thing that's going to stand when this earth that we live on melts with the fervent heat. The only thing that's going to survive is the Word of God. I'm thankful for the Word this morning. And it is certainly a sad sight to see a noble vessel stranded like that one was. And to know the loss and the pain that would be suffered by many. But I will tell you a sadder story than that. And that is a life that is lost on the sea of life. Or one who has somehow deviated from a known course, and they're traveling in uncharted waters. There are many people today that are living in what I would call troubled waters. How they got there may sometimes seem a mystery, but if you take a moment and examine the the situation, you will find that There were things that were done prior that put them where they were. And so this morning, I've not come to preach a heavy message, but I've come as a messenger and perhaps as a, 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 a signal to somebody here today that may not be in trouble yet, but the direction that you're going is taking you that way. And I want to help you understand what will put you in troubled waters. Because of these troubled waters, there are those who are on the verge of losing everything that they have. According to our text, the ship that Paul was in hit the ground and it broke up and everything that they carried was lost. 
except the lives of those that were on board. The currents that were there were strong and powerful and they worked against whatever the captain might have done to try to maneuver away. You see, the journey of life is difficult enough as it is, but we make it even more troubling when we choose to do it our way. Amen. We choose to do it our way. Perhaps the recounting of this story could help somebody. I have been struck by the phrase where two seas met. I've tried to envision that. It is descriptive of trouble any way you spell it. Trouble, deep trouble. Because it is actually two currents that are going to be running into one another and out of those currents that are moving in different direction are going to come turbulence and there's going to be the uncertainty of what those waters are going to produce. Two currents pushing and pulling, pulling and pushing in different directions were what brought this vessel down. Two competing powers that were going on in this story that brought this vessel to an untimely end. It was the convergence of currents. It was the coming together and the movement of certain powers that opposed one another. And in all of that, trouble came. The storm added even its greater influence, but the real trouble came from the cross currents that they were in. It were these opposing forces that did the work on Paul's vessel. And the chaos that, in, that, that evolved out of that was a result of those converging currents. When I read this story again a few weeks ago, the question came to me. What brought them to this place? What brought them in this journey to this convergence of currents to where not only were they dealing with the storm and the elements that it produced, but now they were having to maneuver these powers that were beneath the vessel that were moving and pushing and pulling in opposite directions and trying to navigate through all of that had to be a chore, but what was it? What, what moved this vessel to this point? What was it behind the disaster that needs to be understood? What is it that caused these men to wind up in troubled waters to begin with? That's a good question for all of us to ask. What brings us into troubled waters more often than not? And so in order to answer that question, you have to go back to the beginning. You have to go back to the port that they were in when Paul came to the captain and said, Sir, I perceive that this voyage is going to be with great danger. It would not be wise for us to leave this port for a while. But the scripture says because it was not commodious for them. It it just... It just didn't fit them. It it wasn't the best of accommodations 
The Bible said that the captain chose to ignore the warnings of a preacher so he could satisfy his curiosity of what could be found perhaps in another port. And so because of a discontented spirit, everybody say discontented. A discontented spirit is what put this vessel in troubled water. Do you know that a discontented spirit is impossible to live with? That a discontented person is almost impossible to make happy. Because their eyes are not on where they are. Their eyes are on where they would like to be. And somehow the proverbial saying comes back to me that the grass always looks greener on the other side of the fence than where I am right now. And so instead of taking a known, something that they were sure of, they risk their lives and they risk their future on an unknown simply because of a discontented spirit. A discontented spirit will put you in turbulent waters in your life. It will put you in troubled waters. And a discontented spirit is hard to get along with. It's just hard to get along with. I don't care if you paint the town red. They would prefer it to be purple. I don't care if you buy them the biggest house in the neighborhood. They want one in another neighborhood. I don't care if the boss comes in and brings you up to the very top levels of the business. When there is a discontented spirit in the house, it doesn't matter what God gives you or what he brings to you to help you, you will never embrace it nor appreciate it because your eyes are always somewhere else. You know what I've learned in life? That it's real important for you to learn to love what you have. Because if you don't learn to love what you have, you're never going to find what you want. Because what you want is found in what you have. A discontented spirit. That's what brought them into troubled waters. And I don't know. I'm not accusing anybody this morning. But I believe God sent me with the message to send a signal and a warning to somebody. That that, that troubling that you keep feeling in your heart. And it doesn't matter what people do to make you happy. Nobody can make you happy. That is a precursor to something that can move you in a direction that you don't need to go. And I can tell you standing flat-footed before you this morning that if you continue to nurture that spirit in your heart, you will find yourself in a place where two seas meet. Amen. Discontent. Discontent among smart people can make them make bad choices. 
I'm talking about intelligent people. I'm talking about people that have it together. But when discontent gets in the mix, it makes even the wisest among us make some of the most foolish choices. You see, there is this illusion of happiness, that happiness is somewhere out there. It's in something that I can get. It's in something that I can put my hands on. It's in something that I can buy or I can move into or I can drive or I can find in an individual when the truth is happiness is not out there. Happiness is in here. And there are a lot of folks that put unneeded burdens on their life and the lives of people around them that love them dearly because they keep looking for happiness out there when the truth is they need to start looking for happiness in here. You know what? I can think myself happy. I can decide. I can choose like the song said. I choose to praise Him. I choose to worship Him. I choose to love Him. I choose to overcome this. I choose to rise above this. Amen. This discontent. Everybody say it again. Discontent. What will it produce? It will produce troubled waters. Amen. Troubled waters. Praise God. Somebody say troubled waters. Why? Because it doesn't matter what happens. I'm just, I, I, I can't be made happy. Amen. I'm not preaching to anybody. I'm just preaching what God gave me about, actually about six months ago, seven months ago. So I'm not coming with loaded ammunition, shooting at anybody. I'm just delivering the mail. If you don't like the mail, don't gripe at me. Gripe at the postman. I'm just a carrier. But you know what I decided? I would rather be viewed as an extremist and stand at the top of the mountain and wave a signal and say, hey, slow down, turn around, go a different direction. The road is out. There's troubled water down. I would rather do that than just sit down at the bottom of the hill with an ambulance waiting for somebody to crash. And so you can mark me off as an alarmed preacher, but I do believe the Word of God confirms to me that one thing that will put me in troubled waters is discontent. The second thing that I noted about this story is not only were they discontent, but because of their discontent, they began to misjudge life. Misjudge life. The ship fell into troubled waters because men misjudged their circumstances. They misjudged the accommodations. They said it's not commodious for us. It, it just doesn't fit us. We need something better than this. You know what I've learned about life? There's some places I have to live in for a little while in order to get me where I want to be in the future. And if I'll learn how to live through this, God will help bring me to what I need in my life. 
Rather than me saying, no, this isn't good enough for me. I've got to have something bigger and better. That's what it was. They wanted a bigger port. They wanted a town that had more things to offer them. They wanted something that was of a grander scale. So instead of being satisfied with what they had, they reached for something that they would never get. And they wound up in troubled water because they misjudged. The winds, the soft wind. Everybody say soft winds. It's amazing how often that soft wind have hard conclusions. Soft winds. Do you know that when they started out on their journey, they were going one direction, but by the time they reached where our story ends, they were 500 miles off course. 500 miles. I, I, I was thinking the other day, you know, we always hear that when somebody gets lost, they, they walk in circles. Anybody ever hear that? You know what? It's a fact. Scientists have proven that it's a fact. That if you get lost, the tendency more times than not is that you start walking in circles. And the one scientific study that they did that if it was cloudy and overcast, they walked in closer circles even than they did when there were a few signs that they could look to. As much as we think, not me. <laughs> now, now, you must be talking to that guy beside me, but not me. I'm too smart to go in circles. It's amazing how many smart people I know are going in circles this morning. They're going around that same mountain they've been around for 40 years or 10 years or whatever. It's still the same mountain. Why? Because when we, we are left to ourselves, what we think is the right way or the wrong way just winds up bringing us back to where we started. That's why you need a divine director in your life. That's why you need a word. That's why you need a captain. Amen. That's why you need somebody that's already charted the course and said this, this is the way you, that will get you where you want to go. If you'll stay true to it, it'll get you to a safe place. But when you misjudge life, and you know what the real problem was? These men were so confident in themselves that they couldn't see or envision themselves ever winding up where they were. The misjudgments of life have caused a lot of people to wind up in troubled water. Amen. They misjudged what one decision could produce. They misjudged what one turn could turn into. Hmm. Yeah, just one turn, and then it's another turn, and then another turn. Misjudging life can cause a lot of trouble. The misjudgment of life, its winds and currents can cause you to wind up where you don't want to be. You know, I've never met a man or a woman that wanted to be lost, and I've never met anybody that wanted to end up shipwrecked. And yet every day that I live and every day you live, we look around to see Costa Concordia's lying over lives that had so much potential and so much possibility ending in ruin because of discontent or a misjudgment of life when they fail to judge properly present circumstances 
we put ourselves at risk. And soft winds that blow, that lure us on, can turn on us so quickly. What really struck me when I went back and read this story again a few months ago was the fact that when you get to the place that you only hear what you want to hear, you're headed for troubled waters. Paul was speaking, but nobody was listening. Who is he anyway? He's just a preacher. What's the preacher know anyway? I mean, all they do is eat fried chicken and All they have to do is just work Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday. What a life. What do they know about where I am? What do they know about what my family's going through right now? I don't know much, but he does, and I will tell you, he does speak to us every once in a while. But if he never speaks to us, this word continually speaks to us, and that's all that we've tried to deliver from this pulpit. But because they didn't want to hear what he had to say, it's amazing how it happens. When we only want to hear what we want to hear, we just keep turning it off until we hear what we want to hear. While they were ignoring the voice of a preacher, they were headed for troubled waters. I'm not saying that to make you think that I am somebody. I'm just telling you, that it's always good to heed the voice of the Lord. And if that voice comes speaking to you through a man that he called, then you ought to listen to it. Amen. You say, well, Brother Hughes, you just know too much about me. Well, what else could it be? I mean, why not? If I can warn somebody and I know them, I mean, my grandbabies more precious to me than anybody I know of right now. And if I saw her putting her hand toward the fire, I wouldn't say, oh, how cute, Callie. I'd slap the living daylights out of her. Not mean, but I don't want her to hurt herself. And so a preacher is caught in this conundrum between do I hurt their feelings or do I speak the truth? So you try to speak the truth tempered with love. But the truth is, when you're headed for troubled waters, somebody needs to wave a flag and say, hold on, wait a minute. You're not going to like the outcome. You need to check what's going on in here. You need to find out what's happening right here. Am I headed there because of a discontented spirit? Am I headed there because I've misjudged life? Am I headed there because I have so much pride? I am unwilling to humble myself to what somebody might speak into my life? Or am I so bullheaded that all I want to hear is what I want to hear? Amen. My Lord. I knew y'all were going to shout and run the aisles this morning. Amen. Troubled waters. Some of you are headed there right now and you don't even know it. It's not that way right now. Soft winds blowing. But you, there's been that nurturing, that, that down deep inside, doesn't matter how many people smile at you, you're not going to smile back at them. Doesn't matter how many people try to encourage you, 
you're going to turn around their encouragement and make something negative out of it? Am I talking to anybody here this morning? It doesn't matter how good the news is. There's always going to be a but to it. Yeah, but. And I'm not cursing. I'm just saying But I'm going to tell you the real culprit in people that are headed for troubled waters. It's the same problem that these men got into. Is that you think you can outrun your problems. And you can't. When things started to fall apart, I am certain that Captain thought, you know what, if we turn these sails this way, if we do this, we can outrun this storm. But there's some things you can't outrun. And you cannot outrun bad decisions. You can't outrun choices that are made from discontent or choices that are made because of the misjudgment of life or choices that are made because you don't want to hear what they're saying. You don't want to listen to what's being offered. You've got your own agenda. You've got your own idea. You come loaded already. You come already with your guns packed and ready to go to war. But more times than not, if that doesn't get you, what will get you is this feeling, Oh, Brother Hughes, you just don't know me. I... I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going. I know where I want to get. I, I know I can get past this. I can outrun the problem. Thinking that you can outrun, it has gotten so many people into troubled waters. Why try to outrun it? Why not turn around and go back? Go back where you know there's a safe place. Go back where you know the word of the Lord spoke and said it would be better that we stayed here for a season. Why not go back? You see, we all meet with cross currents in life and that's just part of living, but when those cross currents are a result of our decisions, it's time to sit up and pay attention. And so I come this morning to deliver a message that there's a way to avoid troubled waters. There's a way to keep out of troubled seas. There's a way to put yourself back in a good place. And that's realize what's going on internally that's caused the trouble. And start doing something about that. If you're unhappy this morning, my question is what will it take to make you happy? Somebody said, better job. Nope, not on your life. Do you know what, according to the latest statistics, some of the most miserable people in the world are the wealthiest people in the world? Hmm? Most miserable? The people that have the most money have more chaos in their marriages and in their homes than most average people do. Money doesn't make me happy. You say, well, it'd make it a whole lot easier. 
That's our problem. We'd like it easier. You know what? I just want to get safely home. At this point in my life, maybe my age is showing, but I don't know of anything more important to me today than making sure I make it home safe. And if I've got to have a preacher point a finger at me and say, Hey, wake up. Hey, turn that spirit around. Turn that attitude around. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Come on, save your marriage. Save your life. Save your future. Don't keep going the direction that you're going. I'm going to wave a flag. I'm going to send a warning and say, hey, that problem in you right now is what's going to take you to trouble water. Great way to turn this service around today would be to decide, you know what? I'm tired of being discontented. I'm actually tired of putting such a burden on other people that they have to work so hard to make me happy. That's an unneeded burden, folks. Do you know that it's unhealthy for you to put that kind of burden on somebody else to make you happy? Because it'll be like the wife said, put the picture there, and she meant there. It doesn't matter what you do, it's never going to be the right thing. Now, I'm not speaking just about women. Men are the same way. You know, we think, we, we think everybody understands how we think. Well, we don't all understand how you think. Amen. And you put a burden on somebody else that they've got to do this and they've got to, they've got to do the limbo and they've got, to, they, they, they've got to make sure that everything's the way that you or I want it to be when the truth is my happiness And my contentment in life doesn't come from outside. It comes from inside. It comes from a person who realizes things aren't as bad as I thought they were. Amen. Things aren't as bad. This isn't bad a place as I thought it was. (laughs) You know, it, it might be limited. It may be cramped. But if I can stay here a little while... I can get to a better port. But if I leave this unadvisedly, I I don't have to say it. You know it. Trouble waters. And there's a lot of it in our world right now. There's, There's some of you that are headed for troubled waters. Some of you are in troubled waters right now. And you're looking around wondering, how in the world did this happen? Why... Why am I so miserable? Maybe if you took the time to look inside and say, you know what, is, there, is it because I'm just unhappy? Is it because I just, I, I, nobody can do enough for me? Nobody can satisfy me? Is it because I'm just discontented with what I have? Is it because in my own pride, Oh, man, what an ugly thing pride is. Pride will cause you to paint yourself in a corner where there's no way out. And then you either have to stay in the corner or you have to humble yourself and realize, you know what, I made a mistake and tell somebody that. I'm sorry, I said the wrong thing. But pride 
will cause you to do a lot of crazy things in life. Pride, you know. Pride. Pride's got me into more trouble. My Lord. Pride. It's that feeling that I know and nobody can tell me. And so, as a result, I misjudge life. It's further than it looks. It's, it's further. It's, it's an optical illusion. I, I think most of you know I love to play golf. One of the things that a good architect of a golf course does is design a hole so that it gives the illusion of being easier than it is. And it tricks you into cutting a corner. And that water, you know, it comes along the side. But it looks like it turns, and it does turn, but it doesn't turn as sharp as you think it does. And so you decide, I'm going to cut that corner. And it's farther down there than your eyes have told you. And you wind up penalized because you misjudged. Oh, I can make it over that. Ah, no problem. I can, I can deal with this. I'm a strong constitution person. I, I'm pretty well I'm equipped mentally. I, I, I'm, I'm not ignorant. I'm, I'm not a fool. I'm not saying anybody's a fool. And I'm not saying anybody's ignorant. But I am saying that you and I all have an innate ability to misjudge life. And we think that this is just so bad when the truth is you don't know what bad is. Now I'm going to ask you a question. That picture there. If you could have given that captain a before and after picture. I want to ask you. Would you rather stay in this cramped place? This limited port? This backwoods place or would you rather have this as limited as that port was when that thing started breaking apart and the Bible said it broke to where there was nothing but pieces left I'm sure somewhere in the back of that captain's mind he was thinking, you know what? That little old town wasn't so bad after all. With all of its shortcomings and all of its lack, it wasn't so bad after all. Let's stand together.